Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, Browns fans, to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are going to sort through what was a wild day. I'm recording this late here on Thursday morning, technically Wednesday night, and Urban Meyer has just been fired. It's an absolute disaster in Jacksonville. There will be plenty of uh, things, I think, that will start leaking out about the tenure there. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be ugly, that's for sure, as we read more and more about uh, Urban's tenure there that started bad and is clearly ending pretty poorly too. The Browns unfortunately continued their COVID streak as you all know and talked about all day. Five important players, Troy Hill, John Johnson, Baker Mayfield, Malik McDowell, and a guy who was getting more snaps of late, Afadio Denebo uh, also. And then uh, Nate Meters also on the, on the practice squad uh, COVID list as well. So the Browns had to make a bunch of moves. Again, Jamarcus Bradley has been signed. And then they signed to the practice squad three players, Nick uh, Nick Gugamus, Alexander Hollins, and Elijah uh, Kanasa. So I hope I said those last names right. Uh, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Gugamos is a rookie out of St. Thomas originally. He signed as an undrafted free agent by Seattle. Spent most of training camp with Washington. So he'll wear number 48. Hollins, like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, is his first season out of Eastern Illinois. Hollis entered the league and undrafted free agent with the Vikings in 2019 in a period of five games with one start, two receptions, 46 yards. Initially was signed to the Browns' active roster from Minnesota's practice squad back last year, if you recall, for the season finale. He spent most of training camp this season with Cleveland before being waived during final roster cuts. He'll wear number 12. And then lastly, Kansa. Uh, it could be in Kansa, I'm not sure. Uh, 6'1", 328-pound, first-year player out of Toledo, initially signed by Tennessee as an undrafted free agent. 2018, and spent time with Tennessee in 18 and 21, Seattle in 2018-2019, Houston in 2019-21, and as well-traveled, and with the Jets in 21 as well. Appeared in one career game with Seattle, spent time with this, uh, spent this season with the Jets, practice squad mostly, so that updates you from that perspective. Uh, everything else with the Browns, it's clear they're going to have the same formula in place as last year uh, when they had uh, Prefer take over as the head coach, take on those duties, Mike Prefer, and then Alex Van Pelt will be the OC. So they're looking forward to that in terms of having already done it. And luckily we'll have some familiarity with things. You know, I say luckily loosely there because you never want this situation. But they have done it, and they at least have – some sort of understanding of what's supposed to happen. So Joe Woods will still call the defense. Briefer will still handle special teams. You'll get AVP calling the offense. Case Keenum will start. That's what it all looks like right now. Doesn't feel like anything's going to be moved or anything is going to change. So that is the setup that is coming. I mean, this game has not been any buzz about it moving. It's There's teams all over the league that are dealing with this now. Washington, the Rams, Seattle, it's everywhere, so you're just going to have to suck it up. On the good news front, and David Njoku tweeted out or put on Instagram that he's returning off the off the list. They did make note, too, that Harrison Bryant is hoping to be able to practice with the ankle sprain later in the week. Um, still some healthy bodies out there if they get to practice, Van Pelt said. So if we need a big body in there, there's a few available. Um, otherwise, you know, Nick Mullins comes up to be the backup quarterback. 
uh, news and notes from quotes from coaches. I did like that Prefer displayed confidence in his guys who are struggling. Janovich having recovered two onside kicks last year. You got to keep putting him out there. He's going to keep being a part of this. I trust him fully. He said he'll be out there again this week. He understands what he did. We always talk about if you can recover the ball, make the right decision, grab it, go down. If it's too high or too fast, if it's a bad bounce, get out of the way and go block. He didn't do either, and he knows that. Talked about it. We showed him this morning, and uh, that should never happen. So, again, you got to trust your guys are going to get it right, even if they have one mess up. He also talked about Chase McLaughlin needing to keep his head down. It's like a golf swing. It, it continues to say field goal kicking is so similar to the golf swing. Keep your head down through the target, and, you know, it's something we talked about, Prefer said, the last few weeks, I don't believe he did that on the one he missed Sunday. That's when we have to go into the fourth quarter and make. So he has to make those. That's a little tweak. Again, like I said, other news other news and notes uh, that Nick Mullins comes up to be the backup quarterback in this game. Nick on the And they talked about this. Van Pelt did. Nick's another guy who's played in the NFL, had success. Uh, he's put in the work with uh, offensive assistant T.C. McCartney on the side. They go through the same script as Baker will on practice day so he knows everything that uh, sort of the intricate details if he has to play he stays out after practice stays uh, sharp in his opportunities in the film room if something were to happen need a nick to show up i have confidence in him avp said i know he's put in the right place uh, otherwise they confirm blake hans michael dunn likely to start with two of those guys will be plugged into those spots avp said they'll have played uh, playoff football for us i'm confident in their ability very smart guys tough guys Coach Callahan will have those guys ready to go. I would agree with that. On the injury front, Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney were going to get Wednesday off anyway. Who knows, again, if the Browns will be able to get out there and practice. But with the injury issues, Greg Newsom still in concussion protocol. They don't know if they'll be able to get him back by the weekend. Anthony Schwartz still dealing with fallout from his concussion. Malik Jackson dealing with the knee. Kareem Hunt with the ankle. Um, you know, they already confirmed Stefanski said that Hunt is unlikely to play, but the defensive shuffleboard stuff is what's going to be interesting to watch because Troy Hill's out at nickel. Greg Newsom's the guy who could slide in and play nickel if Greedy stayed outside, but he's still in concussion protocol, and that's why Wood said he doesn't know if he's going to make it back in time. So we'll see. Maybe MJ Stewart is the guy who will take over those nickel duties because it seems like Ronnie Harrison will be out there, um, you know, as your second safety with John Johnson uh, on the on the COVID list. And he talked about Ronnie coming back. Fingers crossed. Wood said Ronnie actually had a practice at the end of last week. He was moving around. He just didn't feel like he was healthy enough to play at the level that felt like he needed to play at. So based on what I believe that would make it to this game, based on, based on that, I would believe that he would make it to this game, but we'll have a chance to see here in the next couple days. So those two would anchor those positions. Otherwise the Browns did make a signing with Malik McDowell on the COVID list. They went out and got Josiah Bronson off waivers from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Washington product, Bronson has had six games of action this year and seven tackles. A ton of stuff going on. More stuff to break down. I'll do more of that uh, inside details with John Colosimo tomorrow in our Friday uh, visit, which will be full of things to talk about. So check out that podcast. For now, I want to re- introduce our guest, who is Kenny King, who does a great job on his podcast of the, called The Training Table here on Blue Wire Pods and co-host the Raider Cody Pod. This guy is uh, Raider through and through. Fantastic follow at Kenny King underscore junior on Twitter. Make sure you check it out. Uh, really enjoyed this time with him. I think he, he, he really fills you in on a tumultuous Raider season uh, with all the details. So let's get over to that interview now with Kenny King Jr. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, anytime I can get uh, a, a Blue Wire fellow colleague on to talk, I'm excited. Got Kenny King here who covers the Raiders, does a fantastic job. Uh, really wouldn't wouldn't go to anybody else. Kenny, how are you? Thanks for joining. Doing well, Jake. How you doing, man? We're okay. We're in the middle of a COVID crisis over here in, in Ohio, trying to figure out which Browns are going to be even eligible to play Saturday. But, you know, as we record this, and guys, we're recording this midday Wednesday, um, noon here on the East Coast, uh, nine at Kenny's time. So it's it, things could change. She could be players that are we're talking about that you know aren't playing, or who knows at this point where it's going. But the goal is still to learn about the Raiders. So Kenny, we're going to talk about your Raiders. T- tell me first of all. I'll, I'll, let me let me do this. I'll open the floor to you. It's been a very public season of ups and downs. I think that there's a good team there that has dealt with. More turmoil in a season than, than I don't know. I mean, I'd put it up against history. I mean, it's up there in terms of wild things that have happened. So I'll let you talk about how they're at this point. You can go as deep dive on the thing as you want or be brief. It's totally your call. But catch Browns fans up with why you're at the point you're at right now. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, as a Raider fan, it, it's kind of crazy because you, you feel like there a year a season doesn't go by without drama. Like every single season, there's something that happens, right? Where whether it's you trade Khalil Mack or you trade Amari Cooper or um, Derek Carr breaks his leg on Christmas Eve or, you know, it's always something. Tuck rule. We can, I mean, we can go down the laundry list of things, right? This year is even worse. You know, you start with, you, you start 3-0, and uh, you know, best best record in football or one of the best records in football. Um, I think number t- number two in the AFC um and then you have a coach who all of a sudden these emails from 10 years ago again with the with the Washington football team come out in a probe of 650,000 emails one person's emails come out and you know obviously he says some pretty offensive things some pretty bad things and you know he's forced to resign okay you lose your head coach uh, the game that the before the, the that comes out, 
you lose that game, of course, everybody's head's not in the game. You could see watching that game, Justin Fields just ran ran all over the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, Gruden resigns. Raiders go on a two-game winning streak. Things are looking good. Derek Carr's playing amazing football. The defense is getting after it. And then, next thing you know, Henry Ruggs decides to play speed racer and go 156 miles an hour drunk down a residential road and kill a woman and her dog. How do you come back from that? Well, you go against you go and play the New York Giants. You lose that game, of course. Um, you deal with that. And then the following week, Damon Arnett decides to go on Instagram Live and threaten to shoot somebody with a war zone build out. So you release Damon Arnett. Now, obviously, Damon Arnett wasn't a big impact player, but that was another first round pick that was released. So you have Henry Ruggs who's gone, you have Damon Arnett who's gone. And the Henry Ruggs obviously was a dramatic fashion, right? You didn't you didn't just cut a guy because he wasn't good. You didn't cut a guy because he wasn't making it. You cut a guy because he killed somebody. Yeah. And so you 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 go on a two game skid right there. Raiders come back on Thanksgiving and just light it up against the Cowboys. I mean, it was the most watched most watched game since I think it was like since the eighties. And you're like, okay, cool, the Raiders are back. And then the Washington football team happened. So the Raiders go on to lose the next five of six games. So a season that started five and two, the Raiders are now six and seven. Now, obviously that record is not indicative of this team. That record is not indicative of the ability of this team, but this team has dealt with a lot. This team has dealt with, you know, losing your head coach, losing your number one receiver, um, losing two first round picks, uh, dealing with significant injuries. Oh, on top of that, the Raiders blew up the offensive line in the offseason, and that has been a failed experiment. The only person who's been playing well in their position that, that's really come in is Andre James, who's the center. Um, you know, and so, you know, where Raider fans are frustrated about losing Rodney Hudson, at least the center's playing well. Yeah. But, you know, you draft, a, you draft a right tackle, Alex Leatherwood, in the first round. He gets moved to guard because he keeps getting blown up. He can't, he can't stay on sides in the game. So he's always getting penalties and that's what's happening. We see a lot of these Raiders drives that get stalled. We see, you know, these drives in the red zone, that get stalled because of, you know, false starts. We see drives that get stalled because um, delay of game or, or people just not doing what they're supposed to doing, holding just stupid penalties are crushing what the Raiders are doing. And so the Raiders red zone hopes are getting destroyed. Now, Daniel Carlson Raiders kicker is looking fantastic. And I mean, he's, you know, leading pro leading pro bowl voting because he's doing so well in the red zone. But what the Raiders need is, is, is points and the Raiders need touchdowns. And then you have, you know, Josh Jacobs who's been dealing with injuries and he's not having the year that he's having. And then also Darren Waller, who's been out half the year. So um, those are kind of some of the the things that, that have gotten us to this point. It's an unbelievable amount of things, to be honest. I mean, uh, I'm not even going to pretend to understand or empathize. I don't. I mean, the Browns have had a laundry list of weird things happen in their their run too. They're not. Uh, they're in. The, I think they're in the same tier as as the Raiders in terms of just goofiness that happens. It's been quiet for two years, which we've been fortunate to see. But some things have started to creep out with Cleveland this year, as things have not gone quite as uh, as well as anticipated. So it's just. Let me put it this way: it's a feeling we are familiar with. In a lot of uh, in a lot of ways, and 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 collectively empathize with. But there's only I always say this: there's only in this situation with Cleveland and the COVID stuff. There's only so many next man up 
that can be available, right? Right. And there's only so many we can endure this for the for the Raiders' sake. We can endure this and overcome. Eventually, it's just too much. Like you just there's too much, and it, it overwhelms you in a long process. And I think the Raiders are in the midst of that now. They can still rally. I mean, it's 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 a season that is salvageable because the AFC has kept it salvageable. You know, for everybody. So there's still plenty to play for, and they're coming to Cleveland with an opportunity against, you know, the Browns are down 11 starters at this point. It does feel like the game's going to stay on schedule. So it's a real chance for them. I will ask this last question before we kind of dig into positions. I understand Gruden and Mayock were tied together. Those guys brought in uh, sort of simultaneously to work together to form a fact. Where, where is the confidence on Mayock as they move to the next head coach down the line? You know, I think that, that that's a really good question because I think that there's some things that Mayock has done really well, and I think there's things that, you know, have been questionable on Mayock's point or Mayock's part. And I think that that's one of the questions that we ask is, you know, how much of the draft is actually John Gruden? You know, how much, how many of these picks were, you know, did John have his hands all over? Because, you know, if you're paying a guy $100 million for 10 years, you know that he's going to have control. And, and Mayock even said when, when Gruden resigned, that uh, now he will have 51% of, of the say, which means that he didn't have the say. And so the question is, you know, what was what was Mayock's say in this? And who were, who were Mayock's actual guys? Now, if Mayock was picking rounds three through seven, then I would say that Mayock has done a pretty damn good job. We look at, you know, Max Crosby, we look at Hunter Renfro, we look at Foster Moreau, uh, Nate Hobbs. These guys are guys that have come in and been impact players from the jump. Um, but, you know, we look at if Mayock was – involved with with some of these first round picks the cleveland Farrells, the the damon arnett's the the henry ruggs those are some of the questions that are gonna that are gonna arise that mark davis is gonna have to ask i I think it's gonna be very hard for mike mayock to kind of rebound from this i think the only way quite frankly i think the only way that mike mayock rebounds from this is if the raiders make the playoffs and i think that the raiders have to make the playoffs in order for him to do that and it's wild that we talk about the we talk about playoffs with the six and seven record but you're right the afc is wide open right now i mean they're still in the hunt the browns are still in the hunt you have all these teams that are still sitting there that are still staying alive because the afc is just it's so off kilter right now and so it's it's very interesting to see where uh, where Mayock's going to be when we get to that point. Yeah, there's just a lot of moving parts, and sometimes these things get tied together, coaches and GMs, and I was curious because it does seem like they've hit some picks and then some picks have have been misses that they needed to hit, and, and, and I, I always like to gather how the fan base feels about some of those things. So we'll talk about them here. We're going to go through each position. Obviously, we start with Derek Carr. I, I, I have a ton of respect for Derek Carr. Obviously, still feel like the Browns made that mistake all those years ago when they took Manziel and, and passed on him. How's he playing? What's it looking like? I know he's, again, been at the front, the forefront of dealing with all of this these issues as the leader of the franchise. I'm sort of curious where he's at. And is there a, is there still a long-term future in – Las Vegas with Carr as the quarterback. I kind of always like to check that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Derek Carr. I've always been a big fan of Carr. I think that um there's a you know, there's a contingent of Raider fans that that aren't big on Carr, but it's also because we have a lot of Raider fans that obviously are grass is greener fans where they see a Patrick Mahomes or they see a Deshaun Watson who's not playing this season for obvious reasons, but they see the ability and they see a Lamar Jackson, they see those kind of guys and what they do and they want somebody that can do that. And so I think you have that grass is greener mentality, but I think that Derek Carr has done a, has done a great job 
uh, one, you know, leading this team and, and leading them through a lot of the stuff that they've had to deal with, um, you know, and obviously the record isn't indicative of that, of that. But I think that one of the things is that he comes out every week and he's giving it his all. He's giving everything he's got. Um, and you know, he's on pace to have a career year. I think the other thing, too, is, you know, we look at Derek Carr's future. I think that Derek Carr does have a future in Las Vegas, but I think this, that's one of the things where the Raiders need to have a winning record as well. And I don't think that that's saying that, you know, Derek Carr can't get it done or or Derek is, you know, couldn't be the guy going forward. I think that at this point it's just Mark, you know, wants to, wants to win, and I, I get it. And, you know, even with everything that's going on, I still do see Derek getting, a, you know, getting a long-term extension. Um, it may not come this season. It may, you know, be where he has to play out his final year and they get, you know, they do a new deal after that. But I do see Derek as a long-term, uh, long-term answer to the Raiders. Yeah, it's, it's always a situation where, and the Browns are kind of fighting that battle right now, where you want to upgrade, and not that Baker's at Derek's level by any stretch of the imagination, but you want to upgrade, but then you're like, you could always do significantly worse. So that battle right. is waging all the time, and people forget that. And I think it's been a nice run of quarterback play for the Raiders with Carr. So I do, I do hope they keep that relationship moving along. Talk about, talk about his weapons. We'll start at running back. Josh Jacobs. I'm not sure if Jalen Richard has had much. I know he's on the COVID list right now, but who's who's backing up Jacobs? How's Jacobs' season going? Touch on that if you can. Yeah, so you got Josh Jacobs, who, you know, obviously his first couple of years, he was playing phenomenally. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries. And one of the things with Josh is he was never a feature back at Alabama. He, you know, he got about a third of the snaps. Um, so he was always fresh coming in. He's still not. I mean, he's got the he's got the ability. He's just he's been dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. He's got a toe injury. He's got, you know, stuff going on with his ankle. And then you put him behind the line that we have. And the, the, the offensive line is just not blocking well. Uh, in the running game uh, offensive line pass blocking is great but the run game hasn't been doing a good job um, looking at his backups uh, Jalen Richard is off the COVID list uh, Jalen is more of a third down back Jalen's really good at pass protection uh, one of the, probably the best pa pass blocking running backs in the league um, and he's also really good at catching it catching the ball out of the backfield uh, his running ability is is decent he's he's you know pretty decent with that uh looking to back him up we're looking at uh peyton barber and trey regus will probably get some action as well uh peyton is more of a, up, or a downhill runner he's going to be you know more of that north and south guy um same with trey regus he's a bigger back bruiser um he's not somebody who's going to get a ton of play um but he's going to get a little bit of burn but I, I definitely see barber getting uh, a majority of the snaps uh behind jacobs jacobs his season like I said, it's not it's not where you know we would want it to be. He's over a little over 400 yards. Um, you know, typically by this time of the season, he's usually around eight or nine hundred yards. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think he's a good back. I think he he had a little something in the off season too that that sprung yeah. this year too, didn't he? I can't. I honestly, yeah, I'm he, asking. I can't remember. Yeah, it was right after. Um, I believe it was right after the final game of the season. After, right after we played Denver and we came back. Um, he had, he had gotten into a car crash, uh, originally it was DUI. Um, he ended up getting that, getting off on that, but he had, a he ended up crashing his car going, going at a high speed as well. Ooh, goodness. Well, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad, I'm glad he's, uh, he's found his way back. We'll, we'll obviously be keeping our eye on him across the league as the lead back out of the, out there. And uh, he's still a talented young man. He's got everything in front of him. Still young talk receivers. I think. You know, the Henry Ruggs situation, 
changes a lot because he was so unique in terms of how he could run vertically, and he started to come into his own in year two. But now it's Brian Edwards, young player, third-round pick. Zay Jones is getting some run. You really got to love Hunter Renfro. I mean, Hunter Renfro, again, kind of similar to Clemson, shows up. Not many people think it's going to pan out for him, and he's just dominating in terms of yeah. what you would expect, and, and it's wild. So, yeah, talk about – I know Deshaun Jackson's there too. Give us uh, an update on wide receiver and tight end uh, sans Derek Waller. Yeah, so, um, you know, Deshaun Jackson's kind of taken on that, that Henry Ruggs role of the the deep threat, the, the speed guy. Um, you know, him and Derek are still trying to get on the same page. Deshaun had a really good game against the Cowboys, but um, hasn't had a lot of catches after that. Hunter's been just, I mean, Hunter, I, I think Hunter's, Hunter Renfro is the one thing that the Raider Nation agrees on, is that everybody loves Hunter. And I think that he's just that guy that is so unassuming. You don't expect him to, to do anything. And then he just comes out there and, and dominates on guys, right? Um, Hunter is, is sneaky good, too, because his route running is he, – he runs weird routes. He goes out there, and he just has fun. Uh, Brian Edwards is still coming into his own. He's the big play guy, really. Uh, he's the guy who has the most uh, most catches over 20 yards or more, but he's not utilized as much in the passing game. And then Zay Jones is – he – Zay is a tough one because – Zay works harder than anybody. I, Zay has been, you know, Zay has been the guy who was working with Derek every day in the off season. Um, Zay has opportunities to, you know, to get, to get, make plays. Um, he's open a lot, uh, but a lot of the time too, he'll, he'll make some of the most acrobatic catches and then he drops some of the easiest catches. And so those are some of the, the things going on with this, uh, going on with this receiver cores. There's a lot of inconsistency. There's, you know, Brian Edwards has a hard time with separation. Hunter Renfro has been the most consistent. And Hunter Renfro obviously has been Derek's favorite target, uh, getting over 100 yards in the past three games. Looking at the tight end, looking at the tight end group, you know, with Darren Waller out, uh, Foster Moreau's dealing with a little nagging injury as well. So you're looking at maybe if Foster doesn't come in, uh, you're going to be looking at Daniel Helm. Um, he's a guy who, you know, he doesn't get a lot of run. Uh, he's, you know, more of a blocking back. Um, he was targeted once, um, I believe in the Washington game and dropped, dropped his pass. So, um, he's not somebody I'm too thrilled about. Um, uh, hopefully Foster gets, you know, Foster's good to go. Hopefully Darren Waller is ready to go because, uh, he makes a huge impact on, on any game. This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, he's phenomenal. It's, uh, it's a game-changing type of player, and I, I would imagine they're going to continue to look this offseason with the uncertainty of that position group in terms of pass catchers. They're going to keep their eye on some of these early-round wide receivers because there's quite a few of them to take a look at yeah. to try to help out that offense. Talk O-line real quick. Give us the five that start and just sort of a synopsis of what's uh, gone on there. Yeah, so you get the best offensive lineman um, that we have is, is Colton Miller, our, our left tackle. Um, he'll be anchoring the line. Colton's been doing a tremendous job. He just got a new deal this year. Um, I think he's fifth rated tackle in, in the league right now. Um, Colton's doing a great job. Um, next to him, you got John Simpson, 
Uh, John's coming into his own. He's playing pretty well. I like John because John's, you know, he's got a little bit of Richie Incognito in him where he's not afraid to get in somebody's face and, and, start, and stir some things up. Uh, the problem is some of those some of those times it, it puts the Raiders in a bad position. Um, you have at center, you have Andre James. Um, and Andre James has been playing really well, filling in um, in the starting role this year. Rodney Hudson was traded in the offseason. Uh, and Andre James has, has really done a, a great job of coming into his own and, and becoming a starter. Um, he's allowed zero sacks on Derek Carr in the past three games. Um, and so that's one of the, the good things about James. Um, and then at right, right guard, you have Alex Leatherwood. Um, now, we talked about Leatherwood earlier. Leatherwood was drafted at right tackle. Uh, out of Alabama, he's big, he's physical, he can move. The problem is he's still learning, you know, learning how to play in the National Football League. And he was moved over to guard because of the fact that he was just not doing well at tackle. Um, the Raiders do anticipate moving him back to right tackle next season, um, but they just want to get, you know, some more experience under his belt. And then at right tackle, you have Brandon Parker. And Parker's kind of that swing tackle. Uh, um, he was never meant to be a starter, but he's been a guy that's been lingering around for a while. Um, he's, you know, he's proficient, um, but he's not, he's not the best at what he does. He's not, you know, not great at what he does. Um, he does get beat a lot and that's why Jalen Richard does come in on third downs a lot to, uh, to help with the pass blocking. Yeah. I expect this, uh, this offense, even though it's a little limited, a little hampered to look at this game as a chance, especially the Browns down. Some of these people they are down and it's early. It could be even more later in the week as a chance for them to get right. I do think they present a lot of unique challenges. And and like I said, they, they came to Cleveland last year and got the job done in, in terrible weather and dominated a, a up front and ran the football with Jacobs really well. So I'm sure Cleveland remembers that uh, quite vividly. And yeah. let's switch to defense where it seems as though the guys on the edge, Max Crosby's having an unbelievable season. Yannick Ngakwe's a nice compliment player. The D-line, touch on those guys because it seems like they're the, the group that drives this whole engine. Yeah, we know I mean, we know what Max and Yannick can do. Those guys playing together are doing a really great job. Um, you know, interior interior lineman, Solomon Thomas is a guy who really stands out to me. He's, you know, he was a former, thir- former first-round pick, um, was over in San Francisco, didn't really pan out for them. And you know what they say, a change of scenery generally does wonders for somebody. And mm-hmm. Solomon Thomas has been playing some really good football right now. Um, he's going to be the guy who's – he can play pretty much every down. He's a three technique. Uh, he can play the run. He can play the pass. Um, and then you have Quinton Jefferson who's going to come in uh, more of the passing downs. Um, and then when you have uh, the running downs, you're going to put Jonathan Hankins in there, uh, big nose tackle. Uh, I like Hankins. He's really good against the run. Um, he actually does pretty well against the pass sometimes too. Uh, but he's that big. He's that big guy that's going to plug up the gaps. Yeah, we love John when he played at Ohio State. Here, I'm in, I'm in center of the uh, center of the state in Columbus. He was a nice player for Ohio State too. I liked yeah. him. I liked him. He played really, really well uh, against Cleveland last year when when they when they came in and won. Um, is Cleveland is is Farrell getting some runs? Still, Nassib as the backup edge guys. Yeah, Nassib uh, Nassib's out right now. Nassib's dealing with a knee injury. Nassib, I really, I'm really impressed with Nassib. You know, obviously. Uh, you know, NASA uh, came out came out of the closet uh, earlier this year, um, and I feel like he's been playing with a huge weight lifted off his shoulders. Yeah. Last year, he didn't you know he didn't really have a, a whole lot of success. This year, he's playing really good football, uh, and it, it's you know it's unfortunate that he's injured right now because he's been playing some good ball. Um, Farrell is you know, Farrell, I I hate to say it, I love Farrell, but he's not. He's so inconsistent, and I think that he's having a hard time figuring out where 
I, I think the Raiders are having a hard time figuring out where he's going to fit, where he where he's going to roll, uh, what's going to work best for him. Uh, but he is getting in there. He's getting a lot of burn on special teams, and he's actually playing really well on special teams. Uh, he's also doing a really good job at the three technique. So they're not really playing him much at end. Uh, they're putting him more at D-tackle. Gotcha. Well, the question of how you get over missing on Farrell maybe as well, you can pick in the same draft, Crosby in the fourth round, yeah. and you beat well, the other fine. thing. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is we got Malcolm Coons, who I forgot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Coons out of Buffalo. He's finally he a fun, fun prospect, man. Fun prospect. Yeah. You know, his pro comp is Khalil Mack, and he's been playing a lot like Mack. In, in two games, he has two sacks. Um, he utilizes the bull rush technique a lot, um, but he's he's a guy who's been kind of exciting to watch. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on him. He was a guy that we were studying a lot. A little out of the Browns' age parameters when they draft. They, they draft so young. But we yeah. uh, we watched a lot of his film, liked him a ton. Talk linebackers real quick. Do they play two linebackers more often than not? Do they play three? What's the technique there, and who are the guys? Typically play two. Um, what they've been doing recently is you got Littleton out there, uh, Denzel Perryman when he's healthy. Um, he's, he's middle linebacker. Uh, he's probably going to be out this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he, he's probably going to be out this week, but when he's in there, he's a force, and he really changes the game defensively. Um, strong side, you got K.J. Wright. Um, and then you have Divine Diablo, who's kind of a hybrid. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a hybrid safety safety linebacker who's been coming in and filling in for Littleton a lot as well. Um, backup, you've got Will Compton, who uh, is a fan favorite. You know, Will Compton's got a great podcast, and uh, he's <laughs> he's actually a pretty good football player too. Um, Will Compton just came back last uh, last week, um, but when he was here, when he was with the Raiders a couple years ago, um, he actually led the league in tackles or led the team in tackles for the pad, for the final three games. Yeah, nice. I, I, a lot of guys, Diablo out of Virginia Tech was another guy we really were high on as well, looking at his tape, so that's a fun player. I like I like the setup they have up front, a lot of talent. Now, the sa- the safety group stands out to me. Obviously, we're huge believers in Trevon, uh, Mayor coming out of the draft. Cleveland yeah. needed a safety. We thought they were going to take one, but they ended up signing John Johnson, so they, they reduced that need. But like him... Um, touch on the safeties real quick. How, how, how Merrick's playing. I know Jonathan Abram, another first round pick a couple years into this whole thing. Now, how's he playing? What's that group look like? Merrick's playing great football. And I think that uh, Merrick's playing some great football quietly. He's not, he's not talked about a lot, um, but he's not getting beat. He's not, you know, he's not getting destroyed on plays. Uh, he's up there in every tackle. He's great open field tackler. Um, does a really good job of playing that single high safety as well. Um, Abram is a great, safety when he's in the box um you know when when he's in the box you're looking at a guy who's you know up there with jamal adams when he's outside of the box that's where we start to see some of his some of his deficiencies um he's a guy that you know he's not terribly good in coverage uh he's not somebody who's you know very smart in certain situations um but i love the way that abram plays because he's fast he's physical uh he plays with that raider mentality um he's going to get in your face he's going to talk a lot he's going to hit you hard um, but he's going to come and bring it every single play, and that's one of the things that I do appreciate about Abram. The corner group seems a little more thin. I know that obviously when Arnett doesn't pan out, some things there that didn't work out. But how's I'll let you finish up defense wise what that what that group looks like, how they're playing, and is that the perceived weakness of the whole operation on defense and something they're going to look to really strengthen this off season? You know, I think that right now the the weakness on the defense is probably you know uh, is is that corner group you have. Casey Hayward, who's playing phenomenal right now. Um, I believe he's gone 500 and something snaps without allowing a touchdown. Um, and then you, on the other side, you have Trayvon Mullen, who's, you know, been 
dealing with the injury. He just came off the injury reserve. He may be out this week. He got a bit a little banged up against the Chiefs. Um, behind him, you have Brandon Faison, who's actually been playing really well. We signed him off the Chargers practice squad, hmm. um, and he's been playing some pretty good football. Um, you know, he's he's had you know he's had a couple of missteps, but he's actually been playing some really good ball. Um, and then behind him, you got Desmond Trufant, who obviously is a has been a journeyman in the league, longtime starter in this league. Um, but he has come in and, and made some plays as well. So um, looking at the corner group, you know, corners, the corner group is always thin. Um, and one thing I will say is, I know you're an Ohio State guy, but I do not want the Raiders to draft another Ohio State cornerback. <laughs> I, listen, I don't blame you. It's not been a good run. <laughs> it's really not. They hit on Lattimore, and, and we got uh, fortunate to hit on Denzel Ward here in Cleveland, but – Sometimes it's just a stigma. Like it's just it's uh, let's go away from that. But there are there's some really fun ones that are not Ohio State guys in this draft. So you guys will have some opportunity there. Um, this has been great, Kenny. I know you talked about the kicking situation with Carlson. I know you guys just resigned AJ Cole too, uh, yeah. the punter. So that 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 group is really effective. Obviously, I hope it can be a good game, man. I. I really fear that the Browns are going to be worse for the wear by the end of the week, and I don't know what it's going to look like. And the NFL mentioned the only time that they would ever move a game or consider it is if vaccinated players were outbreaking because that's that's something they were pushing people to do. These guys are vaccinated. All but one are vaccinated. So at this point, I don't know. It's strange. We'll see, man. It's strange. I hope yeah, we'll isn't game, it, though. Isn't it uh, if an uh, unvaccinated player causes the outbreak, then then, then it's a forfeit? That's that's what they were talking about at the beginning of the year. That if an, if, yeah. if, the, if the vaccination issue was the reason it took off, then yes, you could you could potentially forfeit if you don't have enough. So right. I think all all cards are on the table. Anything could happen. This game could happen at four thirty Saturday. They could <laughs> bump it to Sunday. I don't know. Who knows what'll happen? But I, I just again, like I said, it would uh, it would be great for these two teams in the heart of a playoff battle to to get a good run at each other and for the fans to get a good game. But can you tell everybody real quick, man, where they can find you, follow you, all that stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kenny King underscore Junior. Um, check out my podcast; it's called Real Talk with Kenny King Junior. I'm on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, you can find me on anywhere podcasts are found. You can also look on YouTube if you like to watch. Um, but yeah, check me out KennyKingJr. dot com. It has every all my links to everything. Kenny, I know the fans of this podcast, and they really love getting a preview of the team ahead, and you were fantastic, man. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, I appreciate you, Jake. All right, that's a wrap on today's episode. We will return for the COVID saga in Cleveland tomorrow. We'll do our every Friday podcast with John Colosimo. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but hopefully it can ease up. It'd be a great day to have no positive tests. That much is for certain. So we'll see. Uh, what what happens and adjust accordingly and be here to talk about all of it just like we always are here at the OBR Film Breakdown. Make sure to check out the Twitch, the website, and continue to support this podcast. Appreciate it so, so much, guys. Have a great Thursday, if you can, a great Thursday. And go Browns. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com